0: the lord to all of the east wind family it is such a great honor to uh, get to be a part of youth week i am so excited about what god's going to do tonight monday night tomorrow night with my friend evangelist caleb herring and wednesday night with my friend brother tyler ritchie i've learned if i call him brother ritchie everybody thinks that i'm talking about well brother ritchie so i'm trying to remember to call him brother tyler ritchie so everybody knows who i'm talking about but this is going to be an amazing youth week, and I cannot wait to see what God's going to do, <clears throat> not just among the youth, but among everybody. Uh, just because we're calling this youth week doesn't mean that you can't get a touch if you're not, quote-unquote, in the youth age group. Uh, my dad always said that, that uh, youth is an attitude, so maybe you can consider yourself a youth this week if you have that attitude. <laughs> uh, it is such a great honor to be here, give honor, of course, to Bishop and Dr. Myers, and I give honor to Pastor Sister Myers and their great family. Um, it's just such an honor to be able to be here with you and seeing all that the Lord is doing. Well, let's get into the Word of the Lord here today. And before we do, I would like for us to pray together. Let's ask that God would minister to us uh, through His Word. I do feel like that I have something to say here today, and um, I just want the Holy Ghost to minister to us And before we're done here, I pray that uh, something would burden us, that we would leave here with a burden to go deeper, to go beyond, to go further in our walk with God and do something for the kingdom that we've never done before. Lord, let's, uh, let's all lift our hands and let's just pray for just a moment wherever we're at. Lord, we love you. We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. We thank you for this opportunity to come together. Lord, yes, we are not together physically, but spiritually we are linked, God. Lord, and we ask that you would anoint us, God, that you would use us for your glory, Lord. Anoint me as your vessel. Anoint them as your listeners, God. That we would not just be hearers of the word, Lord, but that it would be... A transformation to be a doer of the word, God. Lord, I pray for every apostolic young person that's listening to this. I pray for every person that may not have the gift of the Holy Ghost that is listening to this. I pray that your spirit would move into their homes. I bind the prince of the air right now, God, from interfering with this word. And we ask it all and believe it all in the wonderful matchless name of Jesus. Wherever you're at, would you just say, in Jesus' name. Come on, one more time, would you just shout with me, in Jesus name. Amen. If you have your Bibles, and if you do, I do want to challenge you, whether you have it on your iPhone or if you need to take a few seconds and go get your Bible, I would love for you to follow along with me in the reading of the Word of the Lord here today. Um, I believe it's very important for us to read along with the preacher. I love the Word of God, and uh, I just feel like it takes more root. This is just a personal opinion. When We have it in our hands, and we can see it for ourselves, and we're not just listening to it. Uh, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Samuel, First Samuel chapter 30. First Samuel chapter 30. And while you are turning there, uh, again, I want to stress the importance. I'm giving you a little bit of time to get to the Bible so that we can do this together. First <clears throat> Samuel chapter 30 and verse number 6. Uh, let's go ahead and read this together. Read along with me. And David was greatly distressed. for The people spake of stoning him. Because the soul of the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters, David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. David said to Abathar the priest, Elimelech's son, And I pray thee, bring me hither the ephod. And Abathar brought thither the ephod to David. David inquired, At the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them and without fail recover all. I just want to give a brief summary of this text. David was distressed, the people were distressed, and David went to the high priest and said, I need the ephod, after he had encouraged himself in the Lord. And Abathar brought him the ephod, and David inquired at the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue? And the word of the Lord came to David on what he should do. Over the next few moments, with the help of the Holy Ghost, I would like to uh, preach to you. Now, I don't have much voice after yesterday's services, but we're going to do our best to have just some good old-fashioned church in our homes today. I want to preach to you on this subject, bring me the ephod would you say that with me bring me the ephod amen when you think of someone who was a praiser in the bible if i asked you that question here tonight and i said who would you say is a praiser in the bible probably everybody uh, in your home wherever you're at listening to this whether you said it out loud or you just heard it run across your mind uh, we would all probably say david David was a man who on the backside of a mountain while tending sheep, stop and have a praise break. David was the one who would dance with such intensity that he would remove his garments and dance until he couldn't dance anymore because the ark had come home. David was such a praiser that there was a song written that says we will dance like David danced. David was the one who in the middle of his writings would put the word Selah, which literally means that he stopped and began to praise. To be exact, he wrote this word 75 times in the book of Psalms. On multiple occasions, David would stop and have a praise break in the middle of a storm. It would be something like this. My enemies have surrounded me, Selah. And he would stop right there, even though he was surrounded by his enemies, Writing this and would begin to praise the Lord. David would write things like this. Thy wrath is hard upon me and thou hast afflicted me. Selah. That means that even though the wrath was upon him and he was afflicted, he would sit the pen down. And he would begin to praise the Lord. Look with me at Psalms chapter 3 and verse number 1. Bible says it was a psalm of David when he fled from Absalom, his son. Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. Many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. Now watch this little part right here. Selah. Now watch how praise this little moment, this little gap of time where David stopped writing. He said, I've got to lay the pen down and I've got to praise the Lord. Watch how it shifted his vocabulary in his writings. He picks right back up in verse number three. But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me. My glory and the lifter up of my head. I cried unto the Lord with my voice and he heard me out of his holy hill. Selah. One more time. I've just got to praise the Lord. It is amazing to me that in the good and the bad, it is amazing to me that in all of the ugly and all of the persecution and everything that David went through, it did not matter. He knew that sometimes he just had to stop in the middle of the mess. Put the pen down and praise the Lord. And as he would begin to praise, it is beautiful how it seemingly always his outcome would shift. His circumstance would shift. His situations would change. He knew how to praise in the middle of the mess. I wish somebody that would get this revelation today. That in the middle of everything that's going on in this world, in the middle of all the chaos that is taking place, as we begin to see the riots and the the, the complete disarray of the United States of America right now. We see these things rising up all across the world. There should be a call amongst the apostolic church to be a praiser, to praise the Lord in the face of adversity and in the face of calamity and in the face of everything that's going on. We should still be able to praise the Lord. We should still be able to magnify the Lord because he is great and greatly to be praised. David writing to us in Psalms 115 and 17, he says, The dead praise not the Lord, neither any that go down into silence. But we will bless the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. Praise the Lord. David made this loud declarative statement that dead men do not dance. Dead men are not praisers. He said that let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. He set the qualification for a praiser to be this. Work with me on this one. Are you ready? Inhale, exhale. There, you are a qualified praiser, according to David. He said, only the dead praise not the Lord. But if you have breath in your lungs, you have the ability to praise the Lord. As a matter of a fact, the Bible says that when you're filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost and the evidence of speaking in a new tongue, when you hear that trumpet sound as, as we are dead in Christ and as we pass away on this earth, that the dead in Christ are going to rise first, that even the grave can't hold down. Somebody filled with the breath of the Almighty God. We ought to always be praisers. In the good times, David praised. In the bad times, David praised. In the highest peaks of mountains, David praised. In the lowest valleys of his life, David praised. David was a man that knew how to praise the Lord. David was such a praiser because David knew how great his God was and how unworthy he was that God was mindful of him. Look at David's writing in Psalms 8 and 3. When I consider the heavens, the work of the fingertips, the moon and the stars, which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him? And the Son of Man that thou visitest him. David understood something. I'm unworthy of your love. I'm unworthy of your grace. I'm unworthy of your mercy a real praiser is someone that can praise not for what God has done in your life, but just because of who God is in your life. If you never get healed, he still filled you with the Holy Ghost. If we never get delivered from the chaos of the world, he still filled us with the Holy Ghost. We still have a better life because he sacrificed everything that he sacrificed for us. If he chooses not to heal my body, if he chooses not to to change me, if he chooses not to do these things that I've been asking him to do, I still understand that he is the God that hung the sun, the moon, and the stars, and that he is mindful of me. And because of that, I'm always going to be a praiser. I'm always going to be a worshiper. I wish somebody would take a minute right in the middle of your home, wherever you're at, if you're driving, if you're listening to this media, so wherever, at work, would you just praise the Lord for a moment? Would you just say that I'm thankful for you? you, Jesus? Would you just say that I worship you, Jesus? Would you just say that I magnify you, Jesus? I'm thankful today to know that my God thinks of me. I'm thankful today to know that my God is mindful of me. Take a moment and think about God has been good to you. Hosea chapter 11, verse number seven, and my people are bent to backsliding from me though they called them to the Most High. Watch this part. None at all would exalt him. You want to know when the backsliding begins is when the praise ends. When you can't find yourself having the ability to praise the Lord, I believe that's when the backsliding begins, according to Hosea. When you've been called to the Most High and you won't exalt Him, that shows something to God uh, that you're not so grateful for the things that He has done. We must always be grateful for the goodness of God, for the mercies of God. Someone say David was a praiser. Someone shout, David was a praiser. David lived a life of praise. He lived a life of exalting the one who deserved to be praised. Let me bring your attention now to my text as we begin to look at some of the things that I feel the Lord really wants me to bring to your attention. David had been on a long journey, the Bible says. He left early in the morning to leave from Apec, heading to Ziklag. He comes to realize his wife, along with the women of his city and all the children have been taken Also, his livelihood had been taken from him, his cattle, sheep, goats, horses, everything. Their city, Ziklag, was burned to the ground. The Bible said that David and his army cried until they had no more power to weep. Think about this. These men of valor weeping. They had no tears left. They had no strength left. His army was so mad at David, the Bible says, that they were ready to stone him. It wasn't David's fault, but because of their hurts, they were considering stoning the man. The Bible says that David encouraged himself before the Lord. One translation says David praised the Lord. In the middle of all of this, David praised the Lord. In the middle of all this, David worshiped the Lord. It's no surprise that the men of praise begin to praise. And he uplifted his spirit. The Bible says that he praised until he was encouraged. He praised until he was strengthened. Because praise is a renewer. Praise is a strength. Praise is a pathway to deliverance Ask Paul and Silas They praised and God broke the chains and opened the doors Ask Joseph, Judah Meaning praise was the one to get him out of the pit Praise, it could be the prerequisite to the dilemma being answered Ask Jehoshaphat Praise led them into a victory Of which they had to never lift a sword But when you're done praising What do you do? When you've been encouraged Where do you go? When you've been uplifted What's your next move? David's wife I'm not even going to try to pronounce her name Because I would just butcher it But the first wife's name meaning Reason for praise His second wife's name Abigail meaning grace David had lost his grace And his reason for praise And yet David still Praise the Lord. But then David gets done praising. He gets done encouraging himself. And he says, bring me the ephod. Somebody say that. Bring me the ephod. David, the man of praise. David, the man who knew the power of praise, says, bring me the ephod. The ephod was a priestly garment, typically worn by the high priest but in some occasions you see men like David or Samuel wearing it the ephod was held together by a girdle of similar workmanship sewed onto it it had two shoulder pieces crossed the ends, the shoulder pieces were joined in the back to the two ends of the ephod, nothing is said of the length of the garment at the point where the shoulder pieces were joined together in the front above the girdle two golden rings were sewed on to which the breastplate was attached in the ephod he had two stones attached to it, one called the Urim, the second one called the Thummim. This is what scholars say that these two stones were used for. The high priest used these two stones, I feel the Holy Ghost, to get in the presence of God and to get the will of God for his people or to get an answer for the questions of the people and they would go in with the Urim and the Thummim and they would come out with a word from God. I want to point this out. David the master of praise. David the The man who literally wrote the book on praise stopped praising and said, I need the ephod apostolic young person that's hearing me tonight on this youth week, on this few days that we have set aside to preach to you. These few days that we have dedicated to preach to you, I want to say to you today, don't ever stop being a praiser. Don't ever lose your praise. Don't ever lose the ability to stand up out of your chair or your pew, wherever you're at, and just give a little praise break unto the Lord. But we must never get so consumed on praising that we make praise the destination at some point in our lives. It can't always be about the goosebumps, and it can't always Be about to shout at some point. It's got to be more than just coming and having our emotions uh, and and being strengthened and being uplifted at some point in our lives. uh, We have to go beyond just being a praiser and we've got to be like David. I need an ephod. I've got to get a word from God for my life. Uh, We have mastered uh, the ability of praise. You won't ever find a more praising generation. You look at our NAYC, we know how to praise the Lord. You look at our youth conventions, our youth camps, our youth crusades, our youth conferences, our youth rallies. My Lord, we are masters of praise. But hear me in the Holy Ghost. At some point, we've got to go beyond just shouting. At some point, we've got to go beyond just shouting. And we've got to learn how to put our face in the carpet and hear what thus saith the word of the Lord is. At some point in our lives we've got to get beyond just dancing and shouting and we've got to learn how to bury our face in the carpet and not lift it again until the Lord says this is what you're supposed to do this is where you're supposed to go oh hallelujah 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 One of the most popular phrases amongst uh, millennials and, and Generation X and all of these things, or Generation Z, whatever letter that describes us now, is I'm figuring it out. I'm finding myself. No wonder that... College majors are being changed at an all-time high. No wonder people don't know who or what they are. I must stand today, and with the urgency of the Holy Ghost, I must shout it as loud as I can shout it. We cannot make praise such a destination. We cannot make worship such a destination. Hear me, we must have it. If anybody knows me, you know I'm a praiser, and you know I'm a worshiper. But we've got to learn how to get into a red altar, bury our faces in the carpet and say, Lord, oh, what's your word? Lord, I'm trying to make a decision for my life. Where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? He'll tell you where to go. He'll tell you which major to pick. He'll tell you who to marry. He'll tell you who to this and who to that and where not to go and where to. He will tell you, but you've got to get an ear to the word of the Lord. You've got to get an ear to the word of the Lord. Let me make this point. David needed a word and direction. He didn't turn to his peers. The Bible says that he turned to Abathar, the high priest. Hear that. He did not turn to his friends or his buddies. He did not turn to his peer groups. No, no, no. When David needed a word from the Lord, he went to his high priest. That would be correlation to us today, our pastors. We must not be getting spiritual advice from our peers. They have no business giving us spiritual advice. We can talk with them, we can share with them, but when it comes down to it, we better be just like David and know how to turn to our men of God. we don't turn to our peers or social media outlets or, or or wherever else we may, the world may be trying to give us direction, they'll lead you into destruction. But if you have a watchman on the wall, you better turn to him. And if you don't have a pastor in your life, somebody that can put their finger on your nose and say no, somebody that can put their finger on your nose and say yes, you're on a path to destruction. But let me tell you, if you can have an Avatar, if you can have a Brother Myers, if If you can have a brother Morgan, if you can have a brother Richie, if you can have somebody in your life that will put their finger on your nose and say yes or no, turn to them and say, what am I supposed to do? They'll help you. They'll direct you. They'll lead you. God has a word for every situation. God has a right now word for every situation. Matthew 4 and 4, but he answered and said, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth, ETH, proceedeth out of the mouth of God. That ETH means continual. That means that there's always a word being spoken. That's why in the Lord's Prayer, He said, give me my daily bread. There's a word for every moment. There's direction for every time. The very first thing that we discover God doing, the first revelation of God to man in the Bible, is God creating by speaking. He spoke to darkness and brought forth light. He spoke to chaos and brought forth order. Our Creator did not back away from darkness, confusion or emptiness, but rather he spoke to it and by his word he changed it into something other than what it was. He was then and is now a speaking God. My question is, have we stopped long enough to say, Lord, what is my next move? God is speaking. God is directing. He who has an ear to hear. He who hath an ear to hear, hear the word of the Lord. Young person, student, uh, college and career, or mother, father, adult, whoever you are that's listening to this. we got to learn how to bury our face in a carpet. And we got to learn how to hear the word of the Lord for our lives. We can't go through wondering and just wondering what we're going to do. No, God has a word for you. God has something to tell you. But we've got to get our faces in the carpet and hear. His voice. Psalms 26 and 6, the Bible says, I will wash my hands in innocency. So will I compass thine altar. O oh Lord, compass thine altar. Compass means to surround. David is a known praiser, but he had an altar centered life. Don't get so consumed with your ability to shout that we lose how to get a word. William Seymour would bury his face in the Azusa Street Revival in a milk crate for two to eight hours until he had a word from God for the service. And at the Azusa Revival, prophetic word came forth. And this is what it was. My people will worship a God they don't know. I want you to hear that. At the Azusa Street Revival, this is the word of the Lord that came forth. My people will worship a God they don't know. Hear me, we've got to know this God. Hear me, we've got to know this God. Thank you for your praise. But we must know how to hear from God. James Kilgore said, My theme to this generation has always been climb higher, dig deeper, reach further than ever before. And watch how he ended this beautiful statement. Prayer is the key. My God, don't lose your praise. God have mercy, don't lose your praise. Hear me, I'm not against praise. I love praise. I grew up in a family of praisers. But when you're done... And you're encouraged, you better not pack your bags and go home. God's got a word for you in the altar. God's going to say something to you. God's got a word. You're trying to figure out what to do, student. You're trying to figure out where to go. You're trying to figure out what your next move in life is. You don't need anything else but a word from God. Your school guidance counselors are brilliant, but they can't direct you like a word of the Lord can. Your friends are brilliant, I'm sure. Your mother, your father, hear me, it's all. But God has a word for you. Learn how to pray. Learn how to bury your face, my. God. We've got places to play games in our lives. We've got places to be on social media in our lives. We've got places to do everything in our lives. But I ask you this question. Do you have a place where you put your face in the carpet and you hear what thus saith the word of the Lord is? We've got places and we make time for our friends. We make time to go fishing or go hunting. We make time to do everything else in this world. But do you make time and do you have a place where you sit down and you say God what's the direction for my life God what's the move for my future God what's my next move David was brilliant David was a man that knew how to praise but when he got done praising in 1 Samuel 30 he turned to Abathar he said I gotta get the ephod I gotta bury my face and I gotta get a word from the Lord praise will direct you praise will lift you but the word of god will direct you praise will bring you out but the word of god will pave the way for your tomorrows you've got to learn how to hear from jesus he wants to speak to you he wants to talk to you he wants to direct you but you've got to give him time you've got to have a place of consecration in your life hear me I feel so burdened right now. Oh God. Oh hallelujah. When you get a a divine word from God. It won't leave you stray. It won't make a mistake. When it's a word from God. David said. Should I pursue? Should I overtake? God answered and said. Pursue. For thou shalt surely overtake them, and without fail, recover all. Let me just show you how that story ended. Turn with me to 1 Samuel 30 and 17. David smote them from twilight, even unto the evening of the next day. And there escaped not a man, save 400 young men, which rode upon camels and fled. And David recovered all. That the Amalekites had carried away and David rescued his two wives and there was nothing. Listen to this. Nothing lacking to them, neither small nor great, neither sons nor daughters, neither spoil nor anything that they had taken to them. David recovered all. David took all the flocks and the herds, which they drove before their cattle and said, this is David's spoil. I want you to hear me today. You can never go wrong. You can never go wrong putting your face in the carpet and spending time with God. I wish that tonight you would say these words, bring me the ephod. You know, our world is in a very strange place right now. There's so many things going on in the nation of America, all across the world, riots are breaking out. Viruses. Oh God, it's the end times. We're we're here. We're in the last days. Please don't be lukewarm now. Oh God, Jesus is coming. Young person, we gotta learn how to hear His voice. We gotta learn how to hear the word of the Lord for our lives. We've got to learn how to submit to our pastor, and we've got to learn how to get a hold of that ephod, and we've got to learn how to bury our face in the carpet and say, I can't leave here until Jesus speaks to me. Hear me, apostolic. God is trying to speak to us as a people. I feel a prophetic touch coming over me right now. But you've got to open your ears, and you've got to hear what he's trying to say. I me mean, I only to be like David. Am I supposed to pursue? Am I supposed to do this? Am I supposed to? He'll talk to you if you ask him and if you'll let him. Thank you for listening tonight. I just want you to lift your hands right now. I'm done. I've got nothing left to say. Would you lift your hands and would you ask that God would speak to us tonight. Lord, I pray in the home of every person that's listening to this, pray that every student that's listening to this, oh God, we would learn how to hear what thus saith the word of the Lord is. Oh God, that we would do what you said, that we would have ears to hear. (laughs) Lord, it can't always be about the goosebumps. Sometimes we just got to learn how to put our face in the carpet and hear from you. God, you've got a word for every person that's here. You've got a right now word for every individual. So speak, O oh God. Direct us. Heal our nation. Heal our nation. You've got a word on how we're supposed to operate. You've got a word on what we're supposed to do. But we've got to put our ears to your lips and just as you spoke to Moses and just as you spoke to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Paul and Peter and and just as you spoke to all of them you're wanting to speak to us but oh God we've got to give you time speak oh God speak oh God everybody say in Jesus name right where you're at would you continue to pray would you continue to seek the face of God would you continue to love the Lord People, I feel, this, I feel this right now the Holy Ghost. You're so confused on your future and what you're supposed to do. I'm telling you, if you will take time in your home tonight, you will get up from that floor and you'll say, I've heard from God tonight. I challenge every person that's listening to this. Let's pray. Let's seek the face of God in Jesus' name.
1: You can visit us at www.eastwin.church and our phone number is 321-723-2030. God bless.